Welcome to the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by doctors of physical therapy, Chris and Ross. Here we're going to dive into all things movement, health, and fitness. And we're going to chat with some local fitness experts and friends about their areas of expertise. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nashville Fit Podcast. I'm Braley, the team admin for Be Ready PT, and I'm here with Dr. Colleen. She is our pelvic health specialist, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and what pelvic health is. So get started. Thanks, Braley. I'm excited to just kind of talk through some pelvic health stuff today, um, and hopefully all the listeners will feel like they can take a little piece of information from today and just come see us if you're having any issues with what we talk about. So um, pelvic health is definitely one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, I've been practicing about four years now. Um, my favorite population is definitely the pregnant and postpartum. Um, but all pelvic health topics from pelvic pain to bowel issues, urinary symptoms, um, I love those too. So um, the special thing with Be Ready PT that I'm just really excited about related to pelvic health is just that we can also work with athletic performance. And so wanting, you know, people who want to be um, work on their performance or continue their performance during their pregnancy, but also in that postpartum period, Um, Just a really exciting population to work with. So um, if you are interested in that, definitely reach out to us and we'll talk a little bit more about that at maybe a future podcast um, related to pregnancy and postpartum topics. But today's just kind of uh, supposed to be an intro to what pelvic health is. So when I explain it to people, um, I try to think about like anywhere on the body from like your nipples to your knees. And that includes like core, hip, back. And all of those parts of your body, like related to your urinary symptoms or your urinary and bowel habits, um, as well as just general sexual health. So um, that's kind of a very short idea of what pelvic health is. um, But hopefully some of these questions we talk about today will give a little bit more insight to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm really thankful to have you on the team because someone that has had kids and is an athlete, I'm always reaching out to you with questions and concerns of things that I'm experiencing with my pelvic floor. So you're phenomenal and amazing at what you do. So we have a few questions um, that you get asked often and that have come in. So I wanted to start with them and uh, hear your feedback. Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, One question. Do males have a pelvic floor? (laughs) This one always makes me giggle, and I get it a lot more um, than you would think. But yes, the answer is both males and females um, have pelvic floors. So if you kind of think about it, um, there's not a lot of differences between the anatomy um, in pelvises with penises and pelvises with vaginas. So there's a couple changes in like muscle names. Um, Males have prostates, which change things a little bit, but we both have pelvic floors and we can both have issues with urinary, bowel, and sexual dysfunction. Um, I would say that males tend to have more like pelvic pain issues. Um, and females will tend to have more urinary leakage symptoms um, than the other one would. But um, in terms of kind of fairness between the two, I feel like pelvic health is talked about a lot for females, but in our culture, it's not really talked a lot about for males, Mm -hmm. but they still have issues. Um, And so really, I think an interesting thing is that um, for females, 
our research and our knowledge about pelvic health for them is about 10 years ahead of what we know for male pelvic health. Oh, wow. And so really there's a pretty big discrepancy there. And so I think moving forward in pelvic health within the next like five to 10 years, there's going to be a lot more out about male pelvic health um, and then also like transgender or gender non-binary like Mm -hmm. pelvic health. Um, We'll definitely be seeing a lot more about that. But bottom line is, Everybody has a pelvic floor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So is it normal to pee in the shower? That is such a good question. Um, So at the end of the day, if you pee in the shower, it's not going to be a huge game changer. Um, It's okay if you do. But what I would say is if you are having urine leakage or issues with really strong urinary urgency during your day, then it might not be a great idea to pee in the shower. And if you came to see me and we, I was trying to help you with your goals, that might be one of the things I help you try to work on is actually trying to pee before you get in the shower. Mm-hmm. But if you do it every once in a while and you don't have any urine issues like related to leakage or urgency, then it's probably okay. Um, one little caveat to that I would say is that if you struggle with having... Um, water triggers is what we call them. So if you get into a swimming pool or if you put your hands under running water or you hear the sound of running water and you automatically have a strong urge to pee and you're peeing in the shower, then we might want to work on not doing that so that it doesn't create those water triggers for you. And why is standing up in the shower peeing not good for women? So... This kind of goes back to that thing of like, if you're having urinary symptoms, then this is, this kind of goes to you. This is intended for you. Um, When you are standing up, it's harder for your pelvic floor muscles and your sphincters to relax, to be able to allow you to not have to like push to start your urine stream. So like ideally when you have the urge to pee, we should be able to sit down, everything relaxes, urine stream starts, no big deal. But if you're standing, a lot of the times you have to like push to initiate your urine stream which isn't necessarily like a natural thing for us to do when we try to pee so again kind of going back to if you have urine symptoms that might be one of the goals that we'd want to work on Mm -hmm. is not peeing in the shower got it okay um what is a squatty potty Squatty potties are so great (laughs) um because what they do is they elevate your feet a little bit if you've ever seen one if you haven't i would google a picture of it it's basically just a stool um typically like six to seven inches in height is what it is Um, but when you put your feet up on it it actually allows this super cool pelvic floor muscle it's called puborectalis it makes like a slingshot around your rectum and so when you put your feet on the stool it helps puborectalis to like soften and relax so think about it kind of like opening the chute for you to be able to have a really easy bowel movement and not have to like strain or push past your pelvic floor muscles. So it just helps you relax your pelvic floor. Um, And so people who have like issues with straining with bowel movements or kind of feel like they don't completely empty when they have a bowel movement, a squatty potty can be a huge game changer um, by just elevating your feet a little bit. Nice. Yes. It's an easy fix. (laughs) So everyone should have a squatty potty. Everyone should have a squatty potty. In their house. (laughs) Is it bad to strain? You mentioned straining with bowel movements. 
yeah speak about that so um straining with ball movements would be kind of think about if you have to like hold your breath and feel like you have to bear down um in order to have a ball movement to get one started or to like empty completely and so if you're having to do that every time it can definitely lead to issues with like hemorrhoids or pain with ball movement um and so we'd actually want you to try to work on like deep breathing and keeping your mouth open while you have a ball movement so thinking like if you're going to inhale you might exhale and shh to have a ball movement instead of holding your breath and doing like a valsalva because over time that can have negative effects for females and males Mm -hmm. they just look a little bit different Mm -hmm. in what that can cause but like women who have urinary leakage if you're straining for ball movements every time that actually might be contributing to your urinary leakage okay and for males if you're straining every time that might actually contribute to your pelvic pain Mm -hmm. so it can be a big deal if you're having pelvic symptoms um if you're straining every time you have a ball movement so ideally no straining Right. No straining. Get that checked out. <laughs> exactly. We'd love to help you with that. Yes. Um, should sex hurt? No. All caps, period, no. Mm-hmm. Sex should not be painful. Um, the tricky thing with that question is there's a lot of reasons why it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but if sex is continually painful for you, and that's non-penetrative sex and penetrative and that could also be masturbation or not but if you have pain with orgasm or penetration any part of the sexual experience um, I would definitely recommend either coming to see us and or going to whoever your normal medical provider is because there's definitely like a a list of things that we want to check out to see what's causing that Mm -hmm. Um, from a pelvic health standpoint it's definitely trying to make sure Um, that there's some education there around like best sexual habits and then also to make sure that your pelvic floor muscles are not part of the reason why you're having pain with sex. Okay, that's helpful. And I have one last question for you. Yeah, love these Um, questions. A lot of people say they just have a small bladder and that's why they (laughs) leak. Is there any truth to that? (laughs) Um, That one's tricky because a lot of people are told that their whole life growing up so it becomes like part of their belief system that they might have a small bladder Um, but on average our bladders are meant to hold like a certain amount of fluid and normal bladder habits would be that you can go anywhere from like two to four hours without having to pee during the day that comes around to like six to eight times per day Mm -hmm. and zero to one times at night So if your bladder habits fall somewhere less than that or more than that, like you're peeing more than eight times a day, you're waking up multiple times to pee at night, every time you see a bathroom you go just in case because you're not sure when you're going to get to the next one, when you start to have like increased urinary frequency or leakage issues, um, that's when we start to look and say, okay, We don't necessarily think that it's because your bladder is small that you're having to go to the bathroom so frequently, but a lot of times it can be because you've trained yourself to have these habits where you go more frequently, and so your bladder starts to think that it's full when it's not actually full. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Is it normal to get up at night and pee, or should you be able to hold it all night? So um, for certain aid ranges... 
um, the younger age is kind of under that 65 years old age range, we would expect you to go once at night or not at all at night. Okay. And this is like once you go to sleep, like you are in bed, you are sleeping, you either don't wake up until your alarm goes off or you only wake up once to pee. Okay, because I sleep through the night. Which I is think that's great, great. <laughs> especially after having two kids and I can go exactly. all night and drinking all the water throughout the day. And that's so the like, main reason why we love to hear that is because you need good sleep. And if you're yes. constantly getting woken up throughout the night to pee, that's a sleep hygiene issue, which can cause a whole other basket of It's a whole other podcast, sleep yep, hygiene. Sure yes. <laughs> well, this has been great. And this is helpful yeah. to have like an intro into pelvic health and what it is for men and women. Um, we're going to have you back on the podcast to talk about pregnancy and postpartum pelvic mm-hmm. health and also sexual pelvic health. So we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, but is there any last thoughts that you have before we wrap this up? Yeah, I guess um, just for anybody listening, I would say if any of the topics that we discussed kind of hit close to home or you feel like you might be having some symptoms, um, I would love to talk to you about that. So if you look up Be Ready Performance Therapy, um, you can just give us a a call and I'd love to set up a time to chat with you um, or we can talk via email. But there's help out there. So just want you to hear that you don't have to live with symptoms if you have them or if it's just interrupting your day to day. We'd love to partner with you. Um, to help you with what you got going on. So been good to be on here. This is my favorite thing to talk about. So this has been enjoyable. Yes, thank you again. She is amazing. So give us a call and um, I'll get you scheduled with Dr. Colleen. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Nashville Fitness Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our local physical therapy practice, Be Ready Performance Therapy. Head over to Instagram or our website. You can find us online at BeReadyPT.com or on Instagram at BeReadyPT. On our website as well as on Instagram, we'll have a bunch more great content in which we dive into things a little bit deeper on our blog as well as through our videos on Instagram. If you have any questions or comments of what you might like to hear or might like us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot us an email, chris at bereadypt.com or ross at bereadypt.com. It's our passion to answer your questions, so please don't hesitate to shoot us an email or a direct message. Also, we'd love it if you rated and subscribed to our podcast so that we can continue to make this podcast the best it can be.